I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Football Ramble Preview Show. Sponsored by Bet365. Spurs and Man City face off at Wembley. Everton go to Old Trafford. And Rafa and Sparky are after a win. I suppose all the managers are after a win. They yeah. are. That's that's by definition. That's what they want to do. But they're Indeed. after a win against each other. Yes, it's different. Absolutely. I'm Marcus Bella. He's Luke Morris, Jim Campbell. All right. Hello, everyone. We're all. Yo. We're here. We're in your ears. And thanks for lending them. Uh, there's been. Some, we'll give them back. We at some point. <laughs> yeah. uh, hopefully, in the condition we found them. Yeah. Uh, but we can't guarantee anything on no. the football ramble apart from a ruddy good time, eh, Jim? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the worst person to ask that. <laughs> no, Pete the worst Pete. person to ask isn't here. Yeah, true. That is true, yeah. Uh, but yes, uh, Spurs and Man City were both in Champions League action this week. We'll start with Manchester City, of course. I thought you were going to go hashtag mixed fortunes. Hashtag mm. mixed fortunes indeed. Guardiola was purring after their 3-0 away win in Shakhtar. Uh, or in Ukraine, really. Mm. Uh, and he said it was the best football that they've played in the last few years. He's often said things like that, hasn't yeah. he? Well, he gets in those weird little gizzy, like giddy kind yeah. of fugue states, doesn't yeah. he? Where uh-huh. it looks like he's having a sort of religious experience, like looking back over the game. Yeah, talking about a good time. I mean, when his side plays well, there's no prouder man, is there? No, it's it's, it's mad. Yeah, like, he's, he's actually a bit frightening. He's an unadulterated football nerd, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. It's a complete Could nerd. we say pervert? Yeah. yeah, yeah, we can say pervert. Yeah, yeah, we can yeah. say pervert. We're on, we're after the uh, the uh, watershed. So say, say what you want. <laughs> yeah. Say what you want. Um, yeah, no, he's he's a dirty little football pervert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> I mean, do, do do you like it? Do you think that's nice? He's really enjoying it. I or, think it's great. Yeah, you did say it was frightening though. I mean, ago. if I was if I was interviewing him, um, I'd be a bit frightened of it. Although there's a chance that I'd be Jeff Shreves as well, so that would be worse. Um, <laughs> So, yeah. yeah, so leaving that one alone. <laughs> okay, Jim, that's a, a strange. Yeah, story. I um, yeah, I do like it about him. I mean, actually, people always talk about passion, um, but he, I mean, he's he's just got it in abundance, hasn't he? And it's it's you see, he lives that job, and that's why that team is so good because he's so dedicated to it, and he gets those ideas across to those players and injects them with it. It's but, it's um, it's also turned out to be, a, in my opinion, turned out to be a bit of a blessing in disguise that they lost that first Champions League game because it was early enough for them to still win the group. Mm. And it's given them a bit of a shot in the arm, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, the performance against Shakhtar was amazing. Obviously, they 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 sweated out a win in Hoffenheim, but they were able to come away with the three points. Uh, and they fully seem to be up and running now. But although Guardiola has said himself, I think, um, you might have seen this as well, guys, that he doesn't think his team are yet ready for the Champions League. Yeah. Which, which is almost a bit of a, well, I mean, you, they're, they're, they're favourites for it. And, and they, they really should be. I mean, this is, this is what, his third season now. Yeah. I mean, this is where they should really be making moves. I know not everyone can win it. I know the draw's got to be kind to you and you've got to have a bit of luck along the way. But I don't know if he should be saying that his team aren't ready to win. Yeah, I agree with you on that because, I mean, you could probably make the argument that he's trying to sort of temper expectations and dampen all the hype, dampen all the hype around them. But 
City do have this thing hanging over them that they they do underperform in the Champions League, and you would probably have expected more from them with you know with the transformation the club has gone under. So I think saying stuff like that risks that becoming more of a millstone than than the pressure of expectation. Mm. I think they'll go close though. Do you? He, he, I do. I think he, he could have sidestepped it a bit better, yeah. especially with the way Real Madrid. And by the way, we spoke about this in the context of Juventus on on the continent. Uh, but out now, football uh, fans, big time. Wherever um, you get your podcast, indeed, but. You know, you can't ignore the fact that Real Madrid are, are, are less of a side this year than they have been. They're going to have a transitional year. season because because they're right. probably going to part company with their manager, aren't they? Completely. Bayern Munich are in a bit of disarray. Manchester City, the best side in England. I mean, they were last season, but their their bogey side, Liverpool, played them and beat them. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm surprised he said they're not ready because they they clearly are. I mean, they've only had what semi one semi final appearance yeah. in the Champions League. Now, I suppose they haven't been playing in in it that long, so you don't want to be too harsh. But really, I mean, I was saying last season, as other people were, you, you, you're thinking treble quadruple. Now, that's yeah. a bit fanciful for any side, of course. Mm. Uh, and it was an incredible season for them last year. But, they, I mean, they, they simply have to be looking at the Champions League and thinking, yeah. we can win this. And I wonder, is Pep one for mind games? He doesn't strike me as that, but then that could be me being a little naive because a man who operates at such a level uh, for, ha, has operated for such uh, at such a level for so long now in his, his career. Well, do you, by mind games, you mean he's almost sort of putting a, a subconscious challenge to the players out there, saying, yeah. prove me wrong. Well, uh, Otherwise, almost, who, who is he trying to kid? Well, yeah, I mean, but some managers do this. No, no, we're not ready. We're just a little horse and all that kind of stuff. You know? <laughs> I love the little horse. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, again, though, that is a strange message to put forward to his players because he's known for being, as well as a very good tactician, a sort of arm around the shoulder type of manager that will get the best out of individuals as well. So Not with Ibrahimovic, mate. That, well, quite, yeah. But if they get that message, I mean, what what effect does that have on them? It's a, it's a strange one. Although I su- suppose you know he's won it. He knows what it takes to win it. I guess he's probably comparing. Okay, so bearing in mind, if you've if you've watched the the, the Manchester City documentary on uh, on Amazon, he says to them at one point in that, "Guys, you're the best team in Europe, or maybe even the best team in the world." Yeah, and and you know he might well have had a point in that moment. But, so but so I, for a guy who said that about the squad, yeah, but I think if you using that example. When you watch that documentary, you see <clears throat> just what it takes for those for, for those players to get to that level, and and they listen to Guardiola. You know, there's no, I can't think of any example of watching what I've seen of that documentary where they're not listening to him, mm-hmm. where where one of them's gossiping with the other one or playing with his phone. They, they they know what it takes to get to that level, and they know that their their coach demands as much as they demand on themselves. And the point, I suppose, is that if you're a player who's who's playing for Man City, you're you're so self motivated. You probably think it probably doesn't affect you. You probably think, well, I'm just going to cra- I'm just going to crack yeah. on anyway. Mm. I think it only really becomes a problem potentially, depending on the individual involved, when they're they're undermined in public individually by their coach. That, I think that that then can be quite corrosive. Yeah, but because I've, I've done a, um, you guys have heard it. I did a I did an interview with Professor Chris Brady, mm. who co-wrote Carlo Ancelotti's book on leadership, and it's out now for everyone uh, on on the RSS feed, the podcast channel, the Ramble channel. And he talks a lot about that. It's interesting how the psychology of how managers get the best out of players and all that kind of stuff, how you deal with the dressing room. And Guardiola is clearly a master at that. Yeah. So I don't want, I, I, I would doubt whether him saying that would affect the players. I just thought it was quite an odd thing to say. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, he says he's a master of it, but Ibrahimovic told me otherwise, you know. Who? So, Ibrahimovic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I don't mention his name. No, uh, no. Uh, he shall not be named. <laughs> but Manchester, United, uh, Manchester City, rather, um, are still unbeaten in the league this season. They've conceded just three goals and have scored 26 
in nine games. They're looking very, very good. Have they gone a little under the radar? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what some of the emails have said? <laughs> some, some chippy man's no, they've, they've told us we should talk about them more. Well, yeah. they are going away to London, wherever Spurs play their games these days. <laughs> and, uh, and Spurs will be disappointed, of course, because they drew two all in Eindhoven. And after being praised for his performance against West Ham, uh, Hugo Lloris was sent off, which was rather costly yeah. for Tottenham Hotspur. A rush of blood to the head, and you, oh dear, yeah, yeah. Lloris. It's an interesting yeah. case, Lloris. Um, I, I was at the Barcelona game where he gifted them a goal for two minutes. He obviously made a huge mistake against PSV last night as well. He's a, he's a goalkeeper who's, who's capable of playing at the very highest level, and we know that. And I think two or three years ago, for my money, he was probably, if not the best, one of the best in the Premier League. But as we saw in the World Cup final, in a goal that will be forgotten. Uh, he is capable of these errors. Yeah, well, okay, so Jim, is it on that level? We, we can point to, or on that chat, we can point to a few high-profile errors from Lloris, one yeah. being last night in the Champions League. We can also do the same for David De Gea, fairly recently. For Spain particularly. For Spain mm. particularly. But De Gea, that, that's surely just a little blip or a bit of a, a, a bad phase he went through, you would think. And De Gea yeah. now, we, we, you know, the way he performs and so on. Is this, do you think... A little bit of a bad phase for Lloris, or do you think that his days as a, a real top, top level goalkeeper are perhaps behind him? Um, I don't know about behind him because the thing with Lloris is he's he sort of always had these, isn't he? I think it's, it's, we touched on it the other week. I think it is just a natural part of his game that's always going to be there. And at this point, that that is set, isn't it? That's not going to go anywhere. So this might be the beginning of beginning of him fading. Pochettino said recently he thinks he's one of the best goalkeepers in in the world, which is obviously something he's trying to do to to motivate him. But you know, it, there, there are days where that's true. Like that West Ham game, it was amazing. He, he was fantastic. It was a fun. He, but, but, he but Jim, I don't think there. I don't think there's ever been a question mark over his ability to make saves. Though. No, that's that's the point. I think the fact that he makes saves is we take that as red. He's had difficulties with injury. He's had difficulties off the field as well. Um, and you know, he made he made quite a high profile one years ago in the mm. Europa League. Was it against Monaco? Could have been. Yeah, in the Europa League anyway, quite famously. It's so famous that I can't but, I mean, remember who it was against. But, but it, 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 did, it does happen. I mean, it can be tricky when you start going way back because you can then yeah. you can do that with any player and think, yeah. oh, well, Harry Kane missed a chance there or yeah, whatever. Sure. Uh, but with the goalkeepers, it can be an interesting one. Look at Manuel Neuer, for example. Now, still a great goalkeeper, don't get me wrong. He looks beatable now. Yeah. I mean, I know the whole Germany side of, of sort of... He spent a lot of time out of the game injured, though. He did spend a lot of time injured. Well, that, I mean, that can happen, of course. Of it, but but yeah. some, some goalkeepers, they look... Absolutely brilliant. I mean, even a, on on a more relative kind of local level, some English goalkeepers. You remember the likes of say Paul Robinson, who was the number one for England, looked fantastic for you know relatively not not yeah. one of the best. No, he was good. In the he world, was, good he was a good while. keeper. Yeah. And then when it seems to kind of just start to slide away mm. for a goalkeeper, they're still decent. But that they're, they're, they're top level performances. Well, that, and I wonder if we're seeing that that fear factor. Sort of Joe Hart's another one. The, with the sort of gatekeeper style yes. um, nature of, of a goalkeeper, mm. it demands that you be imposing, doesn't it? It demands that you have a sort of fear factor with you when there's a player bearing down on you. And I don't, I don't know if Lloris has, has really ever had that. Maybe it's his stature. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't appear to be sort mm. of as, as sort of domineering as a lot of other goalkeepers. But I, th- I think, I, I, I he's not know. that type of keeper. Yeah, he? I don't think he's ever. <laughs> Had but, that to lose it, so I'm not sure that's really a problem for well, it. Well, so like, two points I just wanted to make what, what, very quickly. One is that he's 31. He's made over 100 cap, had a, over 100 caps for France. Yeah. He's obviously peaked very early. But we are seeing goalkeepers a bit differently now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that brings are. me on to my second point, which is it's probably the case that goalkeeping errors are happening more and more generally because of the role they're now asked to perform. Mm. So you think of Alisson, Edison, uh-huh. De Gea, yeah. Lloris. Neuer was the, so probably sure. the sort of the um, the, the, the precursor Pickford. to this. 
possibly yeah, Pickford as well. They're, they're expected to do stuff. Well, he, he nearly he got away with it against Spain. They're expected mm. to start attacks. They're expected to, expected to be able to do things with the ball at their feet. Now, I know that the, the two errors, I think, from, from memory, the first one in the Champions League, Lloris Mane against Barcelona, certainly one last night. It, was, it wasn't indicative of a goalkeeper who's struggling to use his feet, but it was indicative of a goalkeeper having to make a decision to sweep up yep. and making the wrong decision. Mm. And, and you don't want to go over the top because it's a team game and you win together and lose together. But they've got a big mountain to climb now, Spurs. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you could say, if they don't get out of this group and they end up in the Europa League or, or, or fourth in the group, a lot of it's down to the goalkeeper. Yeah. Well, I, down although, I mean, we've been, you know, we're focusing on Lloris. Alderweireld. Yeah. I mean, he made a mistake, didn't he? he you know, did. and and then and then I'm sure if we start going back through Alderweireld's time, you know, you can find the odd error and, and so on and so forth. But this game against City should be a really, really good one. Well, yeah. it should be, uh, yeah. And just before we move on from Spurs in, in Europe, Jim, um, of course they could go down to the Europa League. They could. They could face Arsenal. They certainly could, but there's a lot of football to to get through before that potentially happens. Isn't okay, it? let me just put that out there. Yeah, <laughs> all we're right. all aware of the permutation. <laughs> and what I was I going mean, to say, they'll on... play them twice in the league anyway. Yeah. If you're interested in that? No, yeah. I want it in Europe. I want it because <laughs> that sign, you know, the only place in London to watch Champions oh, yeah. League football, oh, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. But I suppose going back to the league, they're only two points behind Man City, of course, um, and and they'll need a better performance here because. If you think about the way they were beaten by Barcelona, they gave it a good go. Beaten by a better side, fair enough. Can't argue too much, especially when Messi's playing like that. They they were beaten by Liverpool earlier on in the season, quite yeah. handedly, really. Uh, so they were inferior uh, in those two performances. Now, if you're wanting a, a title tilt, or or at least you know push for the top four, really mix it with the big boys. You can't have too many games where you are distinctly second best. Yes, where you're a bit inferior. And they were, and they were second best definitely in both the games against mm. Man City last year. Yes, they were beaten heavily in both those games, uh, both quite one side of the fairs. Um, Pochettino's comments after the defeat of the Etihad last season was that you know we played a very good team in very good form with great momentum, and we'll learn a lot from this because you know we're not at that level yet. Blah blah blah. And the only sort of sort of consolation or defending of Spurs I can do on those two games is from what I remember interestingly enough they played them at the Etihad Man City when they were amazing mm. where they it looked like people were talking about them being undefeated yeah, they were yeah. winning game after game brushing teams <clears throat> aside De Bruyne was amazing and the second time around they were beating Wembley 3-1 mm-hmm. they weren't really in that game either they started really slowly went 2-0 down before they even really got going but interestingly, they played City at that point just after City had been knocked out of the Champions League and they were absolutely gunning for the title. Mm-hmm. So you could argue that timing-wise, it was quite difficult for Spurs. Whereas this time round, um, Spurs are playing well. They, they've, they've started the season very strongly mm-hmm. and they've got some key players back. So um, it, it, there's a chance that they um, that they could do something. They're 10-3 to to beat Man City on Monday night. Mm-hmm. £10 with bet 365 um, will return £43.33, including a stake. But of course, Man City are a fantastic team as well. Let's Absolutely. not forget that. It's, I, I don't know um, how this result will affect Spurs' mentality because one of the things that was, um, that was really notable and also that Pochettino mentioned himself is that they seem to lack a lot of kind of edge and a lot of kind of ruthlessness. Mm-hmm. And they looked a little bit timid um, compared to what we're used to from them this season. Uh, obviously, the goalkeeper going was a part of that, but it was not the whole story. So that is the last mindset you need when you've got Man City coming to town. Do you mean the, the PSV game? I, I thought really they they dominated the game. I don't know. They, they, be... just, they just got sucker punched mm, on that. Yeah. And they were very unlucky to have Davinson Sanchez's goal disallowed. I'm not that really was, sure that what that's was, about. That, was, that should have stood, I thought. Yeah, I thought. agree. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, there we go. Manchester United were beaten... 1-0 by Juventus uh, in the Champions League. They didn't deserve anything. It was the biggest the 1-0 defeat I've ever seen. It was yeah. a strange one, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, for such a game which was fairly open and quite fast-paced, 
it was still very much under Juventus' control. Yeah. I thought Juventus absolutely dominated it. Yeah. I, I thought, James said on um, on the constant, he said, you know, it was it was such a dominant performance. And I, I saw someone else mention that um, in the nineties, it reminded me of of you know, I, I know I always get always bring this up, and it's perhaps a little bit embarrassing, but the first Ferguson autobiography, which is brilliant, mm. uh, he talks a lot in that, or not a lot, but he mentions in that that Juventus in the nineties were the, the gold standard. That's they're, right. They're, they're the team that you want to try and um, that you want mm-hmm. to try and emulate. And um, it was an interesting reflection of that. It was almost like a, an echo of the past yeah. at Old Trafford on, yeah. on Tuesday because Juventus were so much better than United. I, I still think it's it's very, very difficult to see what Manchester United under Mourinho are trying to do in these types of games. Um, their inability to get to the stadium is getting ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for, for a team, imagine the logistical team they've got at one of the biggest yeah. clubs in the world. Yeah. A lot of Man United fans will mm. tell you that Manchester United are the biggest team in the world, mm-hmm. the biggest club in the world. By market value, they might even be the biggest club in the world, yet they cannot get their first team to mm-hmm. the stadium on time for a Champions League game. I and it's not the first time it's happened this season. It's not even the second time it's happened no. this season. Yeah. Well, it's embarrassing. Mourinho, they stayed in a hotel just around the corner from the ground. Mourinho walked to the stadium and he said I took two minutes but what I did in two minutes the players couldn't do in 45 because of all the traffic See, and all. I love that but the, even that is is presented like it's criticism of yeah. the players yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the traffic <laughs> you know, that is nothing to do with like Eric Bailly like, I, I, I couldn't I, even do it in 45 I understand why they can't just walk to the ground you know yeah. I mean yeah, yeah, I the, the famous thing of, of Don Revy's Leeds United walking to the ground yeah, against yeah, yeah. Clough, Clough's team and the FA Cup and all that kind of stuff those days are gone yeah, that can't happen I understand that but it's not beyond the... And I understand also, there's a lot of construction going on in the Manchester at the moment and that's, a lot's been made of that. And that's yeah. because you know? of Gary Neville. There's, there's, a, there's a load of construction going on, I think, just outside Manchester, I believe, some roadworks, which have now officially been going on longer than the First World War. Yes. Right? So there's a lot of stuff going on up there in terms of construction, mm. but it cannot be beyond the wit of man Surely. to get a Premier mm. League team, a Champions League team, to a game in good time. I think a fleet of rickshaws. Yeah, I was going to say a helicopter, Keegan style. Yeah. Oh, that's a cool. Land it in the centre circle. All right, I'm for it. Yeah. <laughs> Mourinho staying in it for the game, hovering above. Yeah, shouting instructions. But the puppet master. <laughs> Mourinho is, is all, we know, we've known this for a while now, but it, it is really a lot to do with Mourinho and how he sees things. He sees it all about him. The first thing he wanted to do after they lost to Juventus was give the old three fingers to Juventus fans. I like that. that. Yeah, well, I do as well, but you, uh, it's, I know what you mean. It's great content. For us, yeah. yeah, it's great it's hashtag content, though, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. Focus on your focus on your 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 task that's in front Did of you. Did you hear what they were saying? They said he was a shit man. <laughs> yeah, well, it doesn't translate very <laughs> well. No, it doesn't. Does it? That was <laughs> I was going to say if the cap fits, <laughs> if the roll neck fits. Yeah, um, yeah. They did the old the old three. Remember yeah. the treble well, boys. Remember that. And, and the reason he should focus on what he's got to do is because. <laughs> They've got to go to Valencia, I think, on the final Champions League group game. Tricky. And if things work out as you expect them to work out, they probably have to win that. And they were poor at home to Valencia. It was nil-nil, and they think they yeah. couldn't get a win. So and might they play Arsenal in the Europa could, League? They? <laughs> it might be an absolute jamboree of English clubs in the Europa League. <laughs> Would you like a three-way game between all three of them? If it's possible. Mm. Any excuse for a three-way? Is that what you're saying? That'll do. <laughs> That'll do. <laughs> but what about Everton going into this game? Well, they've been in really good form. Speaking of threes, they've won three in a row. There we go. Haven't man. they just? Marco Silva will get to test his medal against his fellow countrymen, of course. And we spoke last time about how Everton may do against the, the, the so-called top six sides. And Manchester United, is, I think, still classified as a top six side. Lol. Um, but but can they <laughs> call them cause them problems? Because if you look at some of the players, they've got a lot of good players. They've not got too many outstanding players. Everton, um, but but with the likes of Super Theo, Richarlison, 
Yeah, Jim, do you fancy well, them? Well, what we were saying about the Everton's performance against Palace was that they they just dug in and they worked hard and they 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 keep trying, don't they? He's really instilled a kind of um, a kind of battling mentality into into them, and I think that is that's United hate that at the moment, don't they? So that's um, but Rick Jarlison's the one, isn't he? Who can who can really create something or, yeah. or get on the end of it. You know, he's the kind of yeah. the, the jewel in the Evertonian Yeah, and as we were saying last week as well, I think um, Bernard is very, very canny signing and mm-hmm. he, he might have a, a part to play in sort of unpicking that defence as well. But um, yeah, I think absolutely they can cause them trouble. Um, I think the interesting narrative around Lukaku um, mm. ahead of this game is, is something I've been thinking about a lot because there's a lot of, of call for him to be dropped and Mourinho himself has said, well, the problem is if I drop him, I need to replace him with Rashford so then I don't have anyone on the wings because obviously we know he's He's barely had a penny to spend. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I don't know if... If you drop Lukaku, who do you replace him with? Well, this is it as well. And, and, and all... Rashford I like, but he's seemingly now more in that kind of wide position yeah. rather than a, than a number nine mm. who's going to score you 20 goals a season. Also as well, bearing that in mind especially, we all know that six games without a goal or however many it is, he's not representative of Romelu Lukaku. Mm-hmm. So I think it's if, you, if you... Is it really eight games? If you, if you deny him an opportunity to break that streak, I think ultimately you're only sort of hurting yourself. But I think um, it'd be interesting to see how Everton approach that because they know as well as anyone how devastating he can be when he's on form and you've got the whole kind of extra motivation of playing against your old, old club. Like how do, how do they how do they tackle him? That's That's... I, th- I think it is. I, you know, I, I just think it is indicative of, um, of of Lukaku. I think he's a streaky player. He goes through phases of scoring lows and then not scoring for a while. Um, I also think that he happens, and I'm going to sound like I'm bashing Mourinho again, because I am. Um, he's also at a key point in his career where he, he, he should be at whatever he is now, 25, going mm-hmm. from this player with outrageous potential. And let's not forget, a player with a lot of miles on the clock as well, started mm-hmm. very early. Um, and we know he's got it in him. Some of the performances for yeah, Belgium and but, but he, he, he really needed a coach to bring him on. And um, and it, I don't. Mourinho is, is a coach for the here and now. We know that Mourinho barely thinks you know a year into the future, let alone you know developing a player long term. And is it a coincidence that Lukaku's been looking was looking really good for Belgium when Henri was there? Probably not, because Henri can probably mm. give him a lot of advice. Is Mourinho a man to to, to improve players at this stage in his managerial? career I don't think he is so <laughs> Lukaku's n- never going to get those those obvious flaws ironed out of his game under a coach like Mourinho and we talked about this before we talked about it last season and and I think it still rings true now in big games particularly big games away from home Mourinho essentially sacrifices Lukaku doesn't get him any chances doesn't get him um, doesn't play the top of football where he can have an opportunity to score mm. and so that just exacerbates Lukaku's shortcomings so and, and Jim you're, you're absolutely spot on though with your point about the fact that for Mourinho to be saying, "Oh well, I can't do this and I can't do that because I've got no one else," it's like, well, you should have, you should mm. have plenty of you should have plenty of options because you've had the opportunity to have options and you've not afforded yourself them, and that's your problem. Mm. Well, there we are. But um, there I, we are. I, and I think actually Everton <clears throat> can get a United. And I think mm. United are a team who can yeah. absolutely be got at. It's easy to forget because they won that game against Newcastle in in, in dramatic fashion. That they're actually in pretty poor nick. They've won one Premier League game since the middle of September. Well, I close think. to beating Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, but didn't. Yeah, <laughs> but didn't. Okay. Yeah, but didn't. and then have okay. been been outclassed by Juventus. So. And good luck trying to work out what he's going to do and how he's going to approach the game mm. because he plays a different set of players every time. McTominay up top. Yeah, I'll be up for that. Um, Everton are seventeen to four with bet three six five to beat Man United. Ten pound returns fifty two pound fifty, including stake. Should they win at Old Trafford? All right, let's have some emails with Jimmy Campbell. Yeah, I mean they're technically emails. There's some from Twitter as well, but 
We're doing something slightly different this week. Let's have some correspondence um, with Jimmy Campbell. Is it a Maltese Joe special? It is exactly that. (laughs) A hero has emerged. And um, we're just going to talk exclusively about the legend that is apparently Maltese Joe. Do you want a jingle? Yeah, go on then. I'll just pick one at random from uh, from Pete's little box of tricks. Please do. Yep. No, I, I kind of think in today's football, you've got to have legs. You've got to have legs. If you look through all the top teams, they've all got legs. You know, and I just think when I look at... Uh, Maltese Joe's um, got legs, apart from when he's refereeing from his car. If you yeah, were to agree legs, with... Man. When Paul Lint said that, and if you were to emphatically agree with him, what would you have said? Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, so let's go, over to, uh, let's go over to Twitter, where we had some, uh, some stories uh, about Maltese Joe. Jamie Allen said, head injury during a game. Manager runs on. Joe goes, what are you doing? Manager, ref, has been knocked out. Joe, no blood, play on. <laughs> that is a catastrophic dereliction of duty Hugely. by a man whose first job is to protect the safety of the players. <laughs> Maltese Joe is a living legend. Remind yeah. me where, where, where he operates? Herefordshire, I believe. Yes, it is. He's yeah, a referee that came to our attention yeah, yeah, yeah. on the email section on Monday, which Jim found out, yeah. uh, found uh, operating in the sort of, I guess, the Sunday leagues of yeah, that's um, right, yeah, that's Herefordshire. Right. Yeah. So there are a lot of stories about him and the, 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 the range of them is what's so impressive. Um, so <laughs> ben, ben Payne explains, this is, it sounds like a game being snowed off. Uh, when the Meadows were a foot under, came in the changing room, he said it was playable, took the money, then snuck out the back door and drove home. Good lad. <laughs> Good lad. Dean... Oh, I'll tell you, Maltese Joe has no problem getting yeah, the game. No, he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Dean Corbett continues at semi-final. The ball crosses our line by a good three feet. Maltese Joe shouts, shut up, idiots, play on. <laughs> idiots. Hero, we hung on for a 1-0 win. <laughs> okay, so here's this is off Twitter now. We've got some emails. Hi, Ramblers. Just listening to your latest ramble and was delighted to hear you mention the Herefordshire legend that is Maltese Joe. I witnessed him walking off the pitch with the ball after about 60 minutes once uh, the team were winning comfortably. The ball rolled to him. He controlled it, then picked it up, said to the players, you are taking the piss and walked off into the dressing room. The stunned players didn't know what to do, but a few moments later saw him leave the dressing room, kit bag over his shoulder, ball under his arm before he drove off with the money. Yeah. <laughs> Another story is of him selling a goalkeeper shirt to a team as it clashed with his black referee shirt. Oh. There are so many stories. One that I've seen in person, having been a referee in the county for a few years. At one referee's meeting, we were discussing a rule change for the season which Maltese Joe disagreed with he proceeded to pull out a rule book then proclaimed that according to this book he was correct the book was from 1973 <laughs> what's your problem yeah. Sheffield rules, yeah. it Sheffield works, rules. It I, I am very happy that this legend of the game is finally getting recognition uh, that's from Tom Jones presumably not that one um, <laughs> another couple it goes on um, hi guys Joe once stopped a game midway through the second half to chat up a young lady at the side of the pitch one game there was a case of mistaken identity as he booked me for a foul the player involved informed him he had booked the wrong player he proceeded to then book that player I asked <laughs> yeah. if he had scratched my name off however he said no as he booked both, then he could be certain he was right. <laughs> I was surprised. Look at all, Joe. Yeah, hedge your bets. I was. There, there's a bit of a twist here. I was surprised to hear his name crop up. As he's so old, I thought he was dead. Oh, uh, that's come on, Dan Davies in Gloucester. And um, but finally, we got Nathan Gisby, <laughs> who's been in charge of saying Gisbo. Hi, Ramble. I have got a story about Maltese Joe from this from this last weekend. Oh. While refing Ledbury Town, he went a whole match without a single booking despite two clear fouls followed by a fight between a striker and one of the opposing defenders. <laughs> At the age of 78, he is maybe struggling with the demands of amateur football considering he couldn't hear the shouts for substitution and when swarmed by the players about it, he just shouted, what the bloody hell is going on? <laughs> 
I guess it took its toll on him as he ended the match 10 minutes early. Again, seems to be Get a yourself theme. Home, so, Joe. When I read that one, I, I thought, is this one made up? Surely he's not 78 years old, but a few of them reference his age. So maybe it's a typo. Well, can, maybe surely not that old. Maybe it's an exaggeration, but apparently he's he's knocking on. I can't confirm or deny that, but I can tell you that my great uncle Sandy was at one point the oldest referee working in Scotland. Oh, really? wow. And I think he was... At 34. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he's 40s now. Uh, I, think he, I think he was in his 80s. I wow. dread to think how good a referee you are. Um, and before I end the email section with the email jingle that I've actually found now, um, Andrew Scully got in touch. Remember on Monday, I talked to you guys about funny names for club fanzines. Yes. Well, Andrew Scully got in touch about the one I told you, the Sheffield Wednesday one called War of the Monster Trucks. Mm-hmm. Nice. And I was interested at where that name come from. And Andrew says, um, I thought I'd let you know the reasoning for its name is, is there was a TV show that cut short the highlights of 1991 League Cup win for Sheffield Wednesday mm-hmm. called War of the Monster Trucks. Yeah. So, and according to Martin, rather than follow the celebrations and the post-match interviews, uh, as would happen after a team won the League Cup, mm. uh, ITV cut straight to War of the Monster Trucks. Ah, that's what it's called, that's that. Amazing. I like that. That's, and, um, that's very good. Uh, before we went, I should say, a few, few Motherwell fans got in touch. So we're not called the Well. Well, I mean, they are, but they're also called the Steel Men. Yeah, ah. and isn't their mascot a steel man? Yeah, I should have known it's that. Because they're all thieves. That is no, a- it's not. It's because <laughs> it's they've not. got a great tradition of making steel <laughs> in that wonderful part of the world. That is a tough mascot uh, costume to put on, presumably. We actually, we actually had another one about uh, oh. a nickname. I might as well read it out yeah, while we're here. Then, um, so, uh, all right, boys. Just wanted to write in regarding best team nicknames. My vote goes with Queen of the South as the Dune Hamers. Queen of the South being from the town of Dumfries in a rural area meant many from there went up to Glasgow or Edinburgh to study or work. They would then, uh, in Marcus's best, worst Scottish accent, Gandun Haim for the weekend uh, to watch or play for the team. So that's from Kevin Burns. So, yeah, Hamers, ben, very good. Nice one, Burnsy. All right, any more for any more? No, no that's it. Done. I think we need an ad break. Oh, no, not the bees! Not the bees! Ah! You've got mail. And now the ad break. <laughs> I just wanted to press that one because <laughs> yeah. we miss Pete. We miss him. Brentford yeah. should play that as they come out. They should. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ball's coming in the box now. What a save, Saproni. 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 Welcome back to the preview show sponsored by Bet365, everybody. Crystal Palace host Arsenal. That's why I did the Spironi one. Appreciate that. There you go. Appreciate link for that. You. Very Little clever link. of you. Very Thanks. clever indeed. Arsenal were back to their scintillating best against Leicester in the second half, one could argue. Mm. Uh, making it 10 successive wins in all comps. That third Arsenal goal, Jim. That was beautiful. Hey, was you, you've got your Arsenal back, haven't you? <laughs> there are times like that when it, f- it feels like, you know, this is what we've been missing and this is what we've been crying out for. Um, 10 wins on the bounce doesn't tell the whole story. Arsenal have been starting very slowly in a lot of those games. I think it's really important. Obviously, they've got Sporting Lisbon tonight, play Palace at the weekend as well. They've got to, got to keep those wins 
going because Liverpool are next in the league after Palace. Yeah, and they're going to lose and that if that one. momentum can still be there. Well, this is it. If you start slowly against Liverpool, you're going to get punished for it. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're a difficult team to sort of turn it around against. So it's it's really, really encouraging to see Arsenal building in pretty much every area of the pitch and improving. But they've got to, got to start a bit faster. I'm very impressed with Torreira and how much yeah. of a difference he's made. He, he's that screen at the midfield. midfield who knew lacking. they needed a player like that? Yeah, who, who knew? Um, but I mean, every passing week, Emery looks more and more at home in mm. Arsenal and, and the players are responding to his ideas. Alex Awobi said that Emery has helped him to believe in himself again. And the oh, players... He's been greatly improved. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, yeah, and he said the players are less worried about making mistakes. And, and when you look at those players Arsenal have, it's no wonder they score a goal like the third one against Leicester. Meza Ozil, who's, mm. who scored a lovely one oh, himself. How do you even do that with your foot? I can have a <laughs> thousand goes at that and not even work yeah. out how you're meant to do it. Gary Lineker said that um, Diego Maradona could manipulate the ball with his left foot like it was a hand. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so maybe as it was like that. Well, it could be. I mean, he looks like he's having a, a good time. <laughs> and he tweeted that Arsenal had played some sexy football. Mm. And he's not wrong, is he? Is it a welcome return to that expression? I think so. Sure? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, I, don't, I don't know what you expect from me. I'm not really. A... Well, I just wanted you to respond on the term. I thought John. I thought John was going to say, "I'm not really a sexy man." I don't know what you're asking me. <laughs> I think we all know that that is not true. <laughs> it's very not true. Surely, are Arsenal a top four contenders, Jim, this oh, season. Absolutely. If if this form carries on, but that's that's what um, this season is about, really, isn't okay. it? It's assessing what Emery's Arsenal is. Yeah. So yeah, you'll, be, I think that's you'll fair. be disappointed if they don't finish in top four. Absolutely, I will. Why are you saying that with a cheeky glint in your eye? Because you're going to be disappointed. I was hoping, <laughs> I was hoping Jim was going to be more positive so I could throw more water on the flames. Right. But the flames aren't that high, to be fair no. to you, Jim. Yeah. But I, I do think that Arsenal still have problems defensively, and yeah. Torreira is a big improvement for them, of course. But I do still think they're going to find it tough at points. Yeah. But they've been very, very good. You I, have to say that. They have wonder... been genuinely scintillating at times. Now I know mm. Leicester are not a top six side but they're still a good side and Leicester were pretty good they certainly did and I know Fulham are you know it's you know open season if you're a striker against them Um, but they did score some lovely ones against Fulham as well it's coming together and I suppose building that momentum like you talk about to to try it'll be really interesting to see where they are now against Liverpool because at the start of the season they played Man City they were off that and they probably would still be but now but Jim is there any I mean I don't again I don't want to sound like churlish because they have been good but the teams they've beaten this run um, West Ham, Cardiff, Newcastle, Vorsklar, Everton, Brentford, Watford, Carabag, Fulham, and Leicester. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So you got. I urge caution. Really, ten wins. In front ten, of you, mate. In, yeah. Well, that's true as well. But only <laughs> ten. Ten wins in a row is can only be a positive thing. But this is exactly what I'm talking about. They've they've used this run to sort of figure out how this team clicks, how it works, get some of those partnerships up and running. Aubameyang and, and Lacazette work very well together. And even then, there's a bit of a weird one because it feels like do you get the best out of Aubameyang if the if you play them together and you play him out wide so he just comes off a the lot bench of scores, to be made. Yeah. he loves a brace which is, <laughs> is a sign of a really really top striker I love that that's true um, how close are Crystal Palace to winning 10 games in the row Marcus they're, they're quite far away <laughs> are they as far away as you can be I believe so yeah <laughs> I mean they're, they're, <laughs> they, they obviously play Arsenal they go away to Chelsea then they have Spurs at home and then Manchester United away so it's unlikely they're um, going to win one in. Well, it wouldn't be one in a row, just one. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, but that's of course. I love that. The, I love it. You get to the point where you're calling it. We've won one in a row. Magic, you're in real you know, trouble. One game in a row. Yeah. Uh, but how do they approach this one? Because if you think about that run, you know, if if, if Hodgson was Rafa Benitez, he would tar- he would think to himself, which game can we maximise? But, but, but Marcus, he, he, this is the thing. To answer your first question, Hodgson has got to make. Um, Palace hard to beat again. Mm-hmm. He has to. One thing he was really. What would we talk about with Hodgson all the time? When he, particularly when he came in off the back of the De Boer debacle. Mm-hmm. Um, debacle. Yeah, the, the debacle. <laughs> um, he 
he we said it will take a while for his methods to come through. He, he'll drill them. They'll do the basic stuff really well, and they'll keep things really tight. Now they're not doing that really. Um, they sort of did do that on the first game of the season. I saw them at Craven Cottage, and they sort of did do that. But they've they've lost their way a bit. They did it a bit against Huddersfield, but those, those games really aren't going to keep you in the Premier League. You, you you're expected to win those games, really. They they going forward, they're heavily reliant on Wilfred Zaha. Mm-hmm, yeah. It sounds like it's too simplistic, but from what I've seen, I genuinely don't think it is too simplistic to say their game plan is keep it as tight as possible and hope Zaha does something. Yeah. And it, when he doesn't do something, like he didn't last time around against Everton, they've got nothing. I mean, yeah. Andros Townsend has been poor, done nothing in the league this season so far, contributed a few, a few assists and a few goals last year. I don't think he's done either of that in any capacity at all. Um, James MacArthur, I think, is struggling in the middle of the pitch. I think they need to play Max Meyer. I don't know why they're not playing him. He's oh, no, he's, he's injured, I think. In no, I think, I think he's been... Well, he's he, featured a bit. He has been injured, though. Uh, Max right, Meyer. so maybe he's not fully fit. Yeah. So he, they need to get him fit because well, he's good on the ball. Yeah, and uh, Milivojevic, uh, Milivojevic, yeah. That's I think, I think yeah. he's a good player, but I he, think MacArthur's been so poor that next to him he's found it tough. Yeah, I, I, and I know, I, know it's, I know he's not scored bags of goals, but Ben Teko being injured, at least it, give, it would give them another option. And yeah. I think at the moment... They, another option might be quite a nice thing for Hodgson, you know, even if it's just to mix it about, take the pressure off maybe Zahar a little bit, as you say. I mean, Conor Wickham, I think, was on the bench against Everton. Now, I know Conor Wickham's not, you know, top level or anything, but I mean, he struggled with his injuries. I'm not even sure if he's if he's available uh, for, for this one. But you, you, it's that lack of sort of roll of the dice, I think. None, none, of, those, none of those forwards are making a contribution. No. And it also, so, sorry, Luke, to cut in, but if you're in a situation like that, as the opposition manager, you know exactly what you've got to do. Exactly. You just cut off the supply line to Zaha. Yeah. And and then and 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 beat up Zaha as and, well. And, and but but the thing is and then say he dived. But, <laughs> but the reason that the reason they do that is because it affects Zaha. Yeah, of course. It affects yeah. him. And we can talk about Ben Take all we like, but he scored three goals in the Premier League last year. Ben Take Ben Take is not the player he was. No, no, no of course. Uh, but I, but I'm just saying that, that right enough, but I'm just, just for that other option. Just to try and mix it up a little bit if needs be, because it's not working at the moment. Don't forget they signed IU as well, and he's done nothing either. Mm. Yeah, don't so, forget I mean, that. Arsenal 17 to 20 to beat Palace at Selhurst this weekend. £10 with bet 365 returns, £18.50, including stake. Um, Palace haven't scored a goal at home yet this season. That's bad. That is very, very bad. Southampton hosts Newcastle. Important one down the bottom. Newcastle are 20th without a winner in nine games this season. Yeah. It suddenly occurred to me that, yes, they haven't won a game. Yeah. Would Rafa's job? be at risk well, if yeah. they don't win in the next sort of few games. It struck me like... It's a strange one. For the last show, because you looking think at the not. table, thinking, oh God, they've not they've not actually won a game. Two points from a potential 27. Yeah. I wonder about this as well, because the, I think the only the only way Rafa Benitez's job would or even should be under threat at Newcastle is if like it, it looks like things have got really untenable and beyond repair in some sort of dressing room situation, which I don't believe is the case, because you're not going to get a manager as good as him... Um, just in a general sense, the only reason you'd replace him is because you'd want to bring in a firefighter. But you'd look, you look around and like David Moyes, something like this. Mm-hmm. Replacing Benitez with someone like David Moyes is 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 just illogical, straight up illogical. So, it's, yeah, it's it's a, a bit of a curious one. This this win has to come soon, and this could be it as well because Hughes is under pressure as well, well. This is a real chance for Newcastle here, Luke, because Southampton yeah. have been poor themselves. You know, they're they're sixteenth on on six points. Both sides have an identical goal difference um, and, and Southampton perhaps you know they, they probably felt they should have beaten Bournemouth but then Newcastle would have felt a bit aggrieved that they didn't do more against Brighton um, was it Brighton that, that yeah they had beaten? a lot of shots didn't they yeah so uh, I, 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 it's, it's a difficult one to call but just staying with Benitez for a second do, do you think that 
his job could become at risk in the next few games if they don't win. Or do you think that's just think, because of who Benitez is and what he did last season, that would be a bit silly? I think politically it'd be very, very difficult for mm. Ashley to move Benitez on. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, the fans would be an open revolt. It, would, it, would be, it wouldn't solve anything, it wouldn't solve any problems. Now, I'm not saying he won't do it because Ashley's, a, in, ter- in football terms, he's a complete idiot. So I'm not saying he won't do it, but I'm not. I'm saying it would be counterproductive to do so. If you look at the amount of money Newcastle have spent, it's. I mean, we talk about this time and time again. Pete always bangs the drum about it. They've spent not only less, the, the least amount in the Premier League. They, in terms of net spend, they've spent less than than a lot of Championship teams. Mm. They've got they've got they've got a glorified Championship team, and they're expected to stay up in the Premier League. Um. So. We talked, didn't we, a few weeks ago that they've had a, a fairly difficult start and it's it was similar last season and they eventually were okay. I, I don't know really how... how This game against Southampton will, will be indicative of how they're going to get on, I think. It's a bit of a bellwether game for them because Southampton are a poor team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark, I don't really know what Mark Hughes is doing there. I was speaking, <laughs> I was speaking to a friend of mine uh, this morning who's a, who's a season ticket Southampton follower, home and away. And he says... Um, the most baffling thing about Mark Hughes' Southampton this season mm-hmm. is they played the entire entirety of preseason in a three-five-two, mm. and an hour into the first game, he's ditched that and he's not gone back to it. Mm. So the preparation's been poor. They're not playing the two best centre backs, Bednarak and Yoshida, who both looked all right last season. They don't seem to play at all. Um, and in a way, it's the same as what's happening under Pellegrino. If they do manage to get in front, which they hardly ever do, they can't they can't hold on to it, mm-hmm. and he can't resist tinkering around with systems when he, in the middle of the games. So. This is a, a game between two really poor teams, and and if if, if one team can, can can squeeze a win, um, it will perhaps give them a bit of a platform. But the biggest problem with Newcastle, and you talked about uh, Benitez is um, talking about them missing chances, they can't score. No. Newcastle just cannot score goals, and when Mitrovic is doing it at Fulham and Dwight Gale admittedly in the championship but at the top end of the championship is doing it, yep. it doesn't look good for him. I love it. You you won't let the Mitrovic lie. Well, I just, I just think that I just think that. I understand a manager has to have a system and he has to stick to what you have to stand for something, right? As a manager, mm-hmm. so you, there, there will come a time, absolutely, where you have to say, "No, we're not doing that." You, if you don't like it, you can go. Mm-hmm. I understand managers have to do that, but I wonder if Benitez, and this is not just taking his Newcastle uh, management, it's taking his his his, um, his career as more of a whole. He is very stubborn, yeah, and that can be a hallmark of a lot of successful managers. But I think sometimes is he a bit over stubborn? Well, is, is he by refusing to give Mitrovic? these sort of concessions and refusing to build his forward line around him, has he actually hurt himself and hurt his team? And I think he probably has. Yeah, quite possibly. And, and also, as far as I'm aware, the Newcastle fans I chat to, they were disappointed to see Mitrovic go because they all said there's a player in there. Not quite the new Alan Shearer. Yeah. There's only one who went that far. But most of them yeah. were a bit... But, and, and Marcus, that is that is definitely a fair point for, for Newcastle fans. And I think it's actually a, a poor reflection on, on Benitez. And I'll tell you why. Is another example. Has Mitrovic got a disciplinary problem at Fulham? No. Mm. So can you have? It's just so nice. Jokanovic no, is a tough. He's a tough. He's just. He's just a bit misguided. But he's, he doesn't. He doesn't take any shit, does he? Well, that's very true. And so Benitez, he's taken a lot of shit from opposition teams this season so far. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> as far as I remember, though, it was almost. It got to the point where Newcastle won't even play Mitrovic because yeah. Benitez yeah. didn't think he could trust him to stay on the field. But he's not having that problem at Fulham. So I'm not saying it's not all his fault, is it? No. All roads lead to Mitro. Pete Donald's was Newcastle United at seven to four to, uh, with Bet three six five to be relegated this season. Sadly, ten pound returns, twenty seven pound fifty, including stake. Should they go down, and three teams have to. Yes. Before we go to the best bet, um, let's talk quickly about Watford against Huddersfield. Watford, great win last week. Of course, they're up in in seventh. What about Huddersfield though? It's a funny side. Unlucky against Liverpool. Genuinely unlucky, but they ultimately lost. Of course, they're nineteenth, just one point above Newcastle. Yeah, also without a win. Without a win. Yes, absolutely. They finished sixteenth last season, four points above eighteenth. 
with a very poor goal difference of minus 30. And they have the joint worst goal difference with Fulham this season so far. And they are the league's lowest scorers with four goals in nine games. It doesn't bode well at all for Huddersfield. Yet they play Liverpool. Now, I know Liverpool aren't hammering teams at the moment, apart from Red Star the other night in the Champions League. But I, I sort of think to myself, are we going to see a, a sort of a resurgence from Huddersfield? You know, have they got that, you know, they've got that fighting spirit. They've got Wagner there, who's obviously a good operator. And it was nice to see him doing a, an interview with his mate uh, mm. Klopp at the end of the game and all that. Um, and yet the, the the stats and the figures show them to be quite a poor side. And most people would have them down as one of the three sides that will be relegated this season. I would be. Yeah. So. I definitely would be. I, I think he changed it. He seems to change it around a lot at the moment uh, from what I've seen, Wagner, which is never a good sign. Um, I think Schindler and Congolo are as important to Huddersfield as Duncan Duffy are to Brighton. Mm-hmm. Yet he's he seems to be experimenting with three at the back at the moment, Wagner, when I think he should I think he should play a four at the back. Um I think they have got good players. I think Philip Billing's a really good player. He's come on a lot. He's been there for a while, but this season he seems to have really stepped up a level. He's one of those sort of midfielders who can do a bit of everything. And last season when it looked like Huddersfield were going to be in a bit of trouble, he picked up Congolo, that deal that he's made it permanent from January. He made it permanent in the summer and he picked up Pritchard and both of them made a really big contribution. Are either of those players making a good enough contribution now? I don't think they are. Mm-hmm. And, th- and that team is always going to struggle for goals. And uh, in a way, it comes back to what we talked about with Palace. If you are going to struggle with goals, if you've got no forward player making a consistent contribution, you've got to keep it tight. Yep. And they're not doing that. They're, I'll take the point about Liverpool. Liverpool, Liverpool, as I say, in the league, haven't been hammering. No, and, and, but, but I guess it's funny, isn't it? Because you can look at that on the other side and say, well, Liverpool didn't play that well, but he still managed to find yeah, a way course, to win. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. So... Yeah, this is a big game for Huddersfield because Watford appear to have stopped the rot. They started really well, yep. um, tailed off badly, went to Wolves and got quite a good win. Which I, win. I didn't see that coming. No, no. I was surprised. And, and so, yeah, we'll get a good measure of Huddersfield this weekend. Well, as well, and when you've got a player like Pereira, Jim, who's got mm. goals in him. Oh, and he's, a, he's a really underrated sort of um, Rolls-Royce, isn't he? That finish yeah. against Wolves. Beautiful. Oh, it's delightful. Mm. Absolutely delightful. This could be a real scrap, actually, couldn't it? Watford-Huddersfield. And if it's a scrap, Watford will definitely win. Yeah. Is, it, is it on TV? No, no, surely not. Surely um, not. <laughs> and, 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 and Watford have um, Watford have made it. This little wobble they had. It's because they've been. I think it's because they've been playing two up front. They've been brave enough to play two, and against better teams, they've they've come unstuck a bit. But they've stuck with it. They've stuck to their guns. And to go away to Wolves, who have, everyone's been talking about, and win like that, I thought was really impressive. Absolutely. So I, I, I Watford for big as big favourites for this game. Mm, yeah. All right then. What's our best bet? We bet three six five for this weekend's footballing action. Luke Moore. <laughs> Jack Drury was the man uh, last week who came in one and out in in NFL. We talk about three and out, three plays and you're out. This is one and out for Jack. Mm. Um, so Tom Miles has stepped up, who or as he calls himself, Tom Miles from Shropshire. Mm. Um, he says Jack came in all guns blazing last week, uh, plonked his balls on the table for all to see, <laughs> and then had them stamped on by Young Anthony and the gang. In order to avoid getting the best bet caught up in anything like that this weekend, I think a much more considered shout is in order. And that's why I'm calling for Bournemouth to beat Fulham at the Cottage and both teams to score, which is currently 3-1 to one on Bet365. Wish me luck, gents, and hopefully Andre, Alexander and co. won't get anywhere near my knackers. Cheers, Tom Mars from Shrop- uh, Shropshire. Bournemouth to beat Fulham with both teams to score is indeed 3-1. to one. So £50 with Bet365 will return £200, including stakes should it happen. All proceeds to ca- uh, Prostate Cancer UK, of course. You must be over the age of 18 to gamble and do gamble responsibly. And for more information, go to begamblerware.org. Good luck, Tom. Well done, Milesy. Now, in the absence of Pete Donaldson, of course, we don't do going for gold, but it is quiz time with Luke Moore. And you're getting the gold jingle anyway. So, the heat is on and the time is right. 
Anything for that. So, Marcus, yesterday you tasked me with finding a little quiz um, in Pete's absence. Yep. Mm. I, I found one. I think I might have stolen it from a 90s TV show, but I can't remember which one. Going for gold? No, no, it wasn't that. It wasn't that. <laughs> it's a football-themed version of it anyway. So what I want you to do, yeah. I'm going to give you guys the name of a player, mm-hmm. and you're going to take it in turns to say... The clues? Uh, no, no. And, and you are going to tell me how many teams... No, sorry. Let me get that right. I'm going to give you the name of a player, yep. and you have to list how many teams they played for you can name. Okay. Okay. And you okay. have to outbid each other. It's like an auction. So I'm going to say, for example, we'll start with the first quiz. It's the first one here. First one's going to be Robbie Fowler. Uh-huh. I can tell you that he's played for nine teams in total. Mm-hmm. Okay. Marcus, you can go first. How many can you name? Bid, auction, bid for him now. How many can I name? Yeah. Six. You can name six. Okay, Jim, you can choose to go seven or you can request Marcus names six. If Marcus does name six, he gets the point. If he doesn't, you get the point. Do you want to go seven oh, or do you, you want to get him to name them? That. I'm going to request that Marcus names them. Okay. I couldn't. You've six. got now to name six Robbie Fowler clubs Liverpool. Yep. Blackburn. Yep. Uh, Leeds. That's three. Uh, Muatong United. Correct. That's oh. very good. That's four. <laughs> yeah, but I'm now struggling though. Uh, there's a big one you're missing. There is a big one I'm missing. Oh, Gordon. He never played for Rangers. You've bid it for six. You've got four so far. You need two more or Jim gets the point. Um, no, that's really poor. There is a big one. Ah! I'm going to have to hurry you. You are going to have to hurry. Man City. Yeah, that's five. You've got one more to go. <sighs> there was an Australian side. I'm going to give you two seconds to name it. One. Sydney. Two. Incorrect. Uh, that's wrong. It? Perth of glory it was. Ah! That's a point to Jim, okay? So Jim, now you're up the first time this time round. Uh-huh. The player is, he's played for seven clubs. Okay. And the player is Nick Barmby. Oh. It's a good game, this. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. I just hope the listeners like it. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Play along at home when you're I listening. I forgot they were listening. <laughs> Play along at home. Jim, how are you going to name? I reckon I can do three. Okay, Marcus, can you do four? Or can you want, would you like Jim to name three? I can do four. Okay, you're going to go five, Jim, or you're going to get Marcus to name them? I'll get you to name I can't do five. Okay, so Marcus, you now need to name four clubs that Nick Barmy played for. Play along at home if you're listening. If you're listening, you are listening. Spurs. Yeah, that's one. Hull. Yes. Liverpool. Yes. I want to say Everton. Did he play for Everton as well? Yeah, one more if you want. One more if you need. Everton. Correct. That's yes, four. get in there. That's one point each. You could have had. He started off at Spurs. Yeah. Middlesbrough, Everton, Liverpool. Middlesbrough Leeds, was the other one. Nottingham Forest and Hull City. So, Marcus, yeah. you're up first this There's time. There's a few of them. Okay. I wasn't sure of right. there. Okay, here we go. Lee Sharp. He's played for nine in total. Bloody wow. hell! Yeah. Um, Jim, you're gonna have to step up in a minute. Yeah, I am. God, Lee Sharp. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Um, if you get a couple of these, I'll give you the money myself. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I? this is really bad I can only name two off the top of my head okay Jim do you want to go for three yeah have a go at three Jim okay. all, right. all you got to do is name three Jim okay. Man United yeah, that's a banker yeah Leeds United correct I'm done I'm done England B <laughs> does not count does not count club sides only okay. mate um, Fulham 
No, that's incorrect. Wow. So you're out. You could have had Torquay United. You could have had Sampdoria, Bradford oh, Sampdoria. City, Portsmouth, Exeter, Grindavik, or Garforth Town. Sampdoria and Bradford. Yeah, that's that's a point to Marcus. Okay, we're going to do one more of these. I think. Actually, no. If, if you get, Jim, if you if you get this one, we're going to have to do a decider. But the next right. one up is for Jim to go first. I think. Uh-huh. And it's Jermaine Defoe. Oh, and, good one. And with Jermaine Defoe, he's obviously played for clubs more than once, but it's only yeah. individual clubs. Yeah, so he's yeah. played for seven different clubs. Seven different clubs. I reckon. I reckon I can name six. All right. So Mark, if you're going for all seven, or you want Jim to name them? I want him to name them. Go on, and Jim. Okay, so go for it, mate. West Ham. Yes. Um, Spurs. Yes. Portsmouth. Yes. Sunderland. Yes. Bournemouth. Yes. Oh, he's one away. I'm impressed. Oh, this is the, this is the tough one. Well, I, I can't I've, think. What of are the it. ones I've read? So you've gone West Ham, West Bournemouth. Ham. Can you read them back, Luke? Yes. You, so you've, so far, you've got West Ham, Bournemouth, Spurs, Portsmouth, Sunderland, and you need to name one more. Is it Toronto? Correct. Yes. Oh, well played. Well, well done, Jimbo. Well Fantastic done. work. Well okay, so it's what two. Was, all. What was the other one out of interest? Um, well, I, I, I need to. I have to look back. Two secs. Nico Kranzkaya. It's oh, the next one. Bloody side. Nico Kranjka. He's played for eight in total. In fact, looking back at it, Jim, I think Jermaine might have only played for six and you've got all of them. Oh, so right. good for you. I won't um, with the Toronto shout. Nico, imagine if you went seven. We'd have been here all day. <laughs> Nico Kranjka. So he's played for eight in total and it's, uh, I think it's you to go, isn't it, Marcus? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, go on. Um, I, so, oh, how many can I name? Yeah. Bid. That's how it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can definitely do There's th- eight across a number of different countries, <laughs> includes one loan. There's eight, eight in total. Uh, 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 this is so annoying. It's the decider. It is the decider. I can do. I reckon I can do four. Okay, Jim, do you want to go five? It's, it's, it's no in your chance. hands. If you want to go no five, chance. you can. Okay, five, Nico Cranchars. So you want to go four? Marcus, the name four. Yeah. Okay, Marcus, you've got a name four. If you, if you name it. four, yep. you win. If you get one club wrong, you're out. And if you don't name four, you're also out. This is for the big one. Can you name four clubs yep. that Nico Kranjkar play for? Go. All right, so I can definitely do three. Spurs, Portsmouth and Rangers. Yes. Okay, so I thought that's three. And then <laughs> yeah. I thought, I'll take a punt with the fourth and see yeah, if Jim yeah. takes the bait. He didn't. He did backfire. So he's Croatian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm now thinking he might have played for. If you name a club, I'm going to take it as a name. Yeah. No. I, I know. Yeah. I know. And I, and I've got two. I'm thinking, did he play uh, for Zagreb or Split? Because I'm pretty sure he played for either Hajduk Split or. Um... He yeah. He realistically will have done, won't he? Well, yeah. You'd there, imagine which so. Which one is it? And it's really pissing me off. Come on. I mean, he might not have played for either. Come on. Um, is it Dynamo Zagreb? Is the is the is the name of the club? I'll go for them. The answer is, he played for both of them. Yes! So you're in. Oh, well Marcus done. wins. Congratulations. 3-2. Uh, what a quiz. <laughs> so, on and the time is right. It's time for you, for you to play the game. People are coming, everyone's trying. Trying to be the best that they can. To reach for the sky where the stakes are so high. We're all going for going for gold. There it is. That wasn't going for gold, but <laughs> yeah. got, got the jingle for it anyway. Indeed. Well, thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble preview show. Sponsored by Bet365, everybody. It's been an absolute pleasure. He's been Luke Moore. I have. Thank you very much. See you next time. He's been Jim Campbell. See ya. I've been Marcus Speller, and you've been wonderful. We'll see you on Monday.
was a Radio Stakhanov production. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 